Hey everyone, it's Pastor Mike Adkins, and I want to welcome you to Next Steps, where the teaching pastors of Grace Church help you focus on taking a next step in your spiritual life. If you're not listening there already, I invite you to take a moment to download the free Grace app. It's the best place to hear and share messages and to get connected with what's going on here in the life of our church. Just search Grace Church Orlando in your app store or head to discovergrace.com forward slash app to find it. Pastor Clint Harrison and Pastor Grant Nixon and I hope that these podcast conversations will help you take your next step toward Christ. Hey guys, welcome back to Next Steps, the podcast that helps you take your next step toward Christ. I'm here with Pastor Clint. How's it going? And I'm here with Pastor Grant. Yep. All right. Well, hey, we're glad that you're here. That was very awkward, but amazing. we're going to continue with it. All right. Today's topic that we're dealing with right now is how to think better, which presupposes the idea that sometimes we can think incorrectly. I think as the resident um, thought expert, uh, I should start with a question to you, Pastor Mike, uh, which is this. Uh, recently, I've heard this theme keeps coming up over and over again as we talk, um, this idea of taking every thought captive. Um, and and it's, it's, there's been all kinds of different topics we've talked about in sermon prep, whether it be in staff meeting or whatever. I've, I've heard you bring it up quite a lot um, recently, and I'm just curious, like, where where's that coming from for you? You know, so... I've done a lot of study and a lot of thinking about how we think about ourselves because how we think about ourselves actually goes into how we end up living our lives. So I think we can all kind of think through the idea of, you know, when we think poorly about ourselves, then we're going to have poor input produces poor output, right? Right. Yeah. The Bible says that we are to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Paul's talking about something that's super helpful. He's basically saying you can't just let any thought run through your brain. Because when you do that, those thoughts tend to take over and to create emotions, which then create attitudes, which create behaviors. And so at the end of the day, we have to be seriously thinking not just about what we're thinking, but how we think overall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is so practical. I mean, how do many of you have a spouse or maybe even yourself who, when they're finished talking with someone, they come up to you and you were there for the conversation. They go, he just called me fat. And it's like, no, he didn't. Where did you hear that? Or he said, I'm a failure. Or she said this about me. And you're going, nobody said any of those things. Where are you hearing that? It's because all these thoughts in your brain are, are just flooding in and it automatically takes over your your thought process to where you think somebody said something when they really didn't. You know, we've so. been dealing with this a lot, even with our kids. You know, my, my sure. daughter in particular really is not a fan of school. And uh, she has been starting her days out by saying, I'm going to have a bad day. It's mm. going to be a bad yeah. day. Right. And so already, as you've already like named the cycle there, already it starts. She starts saying, I'm going to have a bad day. This is going to go poorly for me, which then affects her attitude, which then affects the way she behaves once she gets there. And yeah. guess what? She gets in the car after school, and guess what? She had a bad day, right? Like we see that cycle over and over again. It's what you said. It's bad, bad input. Uh, equals bad output. Yeah. yeah, it does. There's a book that's out there right now uh, that I'm reading. It's called The Power of Neuroplasticity. And the idea of, of neuro... Of course obviously- you're reading that, by the way. <laughs> right? Like, I know. Of course you're picking that one up. Go out I and grab that tomorrow. Green eggs and ham right now. I'm all, don't tell me how it ends. It's really good. But what Fantastic. are you reading again? Um, Rhinoplasty? Plasty? <laughs> that's a nose job. Okay. Right. Rhinoplasty is well. nose job. Yeah. So this is called The Power of Neuroplasticity. Neuro meaning the brain. Plasticity meaning flexibility. And so the idea behind the book basically is that we have a tendency through repetitive behaviors in our life 
to create certain kinds of patterns in the brain. In other yeah. words, we can actually create neurons that then reinforce certain behaviors. So the more we do something, and we know this because this is what happened when we were kids, when we were using those flashcards or looking mm. at the computer and learning our multiplication tables. Right. There's only really one way to do that, and that is just through repetition. And eventually, you don't have to think about it. It becomes automatic. So how do automatic behavior, how do automatic behaviors start? They start through repetition. And so there's even in this, and I love, I love science, so this is a big piece of this whole thing. In the left prefrontal cortex of the brain, that's where positive emotion is stored. And the mm -hmm. right prefrontal cortex of the brain is where negative emotion is stored. And so as a result, one of the things that they've discovered doing brain imaging and, and studies, they've, they've noticed that negative people tend to operate out of that prefrontal right cortex, right? Mm. And as a result of that, that's very difficult to overcome that behavior because it's repetitive. Mm -hmm. It's the things that I've said to myself my whole life. If I constantly walk around saying, I'm no good at school, I'm no good at school, I will be no good at school. Why? Because that's where my mind goes. That's where my heart goes. And then that's where my attitudes and behaviors will go, Right. And so, you know, that's why the Bible says, as a man thinketh, as a woman thinketh, so they are. In other words, like science is just now catching up with the biblical principles given to us in the scriptures a long time ago. That's good. Yeah. yeah, we see it over and over again. I mean, in Proverbs it says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows a spring of life. Right. Like our life flows out of like what we put into ourselves, like right. the, the the positive messages, the negative messages, the truth or not the truth. That's one of the things I love about what we've illustrated so far is a lot of the times the things that people are saying that's negative, they're not true. That's no. exactly right. It's just not true. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's where that's where we get to battle it with the truth of God's word, which we saw Jesus do in Matthew 4, right? Like we see Jesus mm -hmm. go into the wilderness yeah. and the enemy lies to him. He right. has a thought and instead of Jesus going... I trust this thought because it's in my brain. Instead, that's he goes, right. that's not true. Yeah, and he says, here's the word it. of God. This yeah. is true. And so we can start to take it captive in the sense of we can start doubting our own thoughts and yeah. not just, just because I had the thought, it doesn't make it valid. No, that's right. Just because I feel it doesn't, doesn't make, make it, it valid, valid right? Because right. our right. feelings are fickle, right? We can't trust those. And so instead, we replace it with the truth of God's word. So when I say, I'm, there, I'm no good, Instead, we replace it with the truth of God's word that says you're highly valued. Yeah, like Jesus, right. Jesus died yeah. for you, yeah, right? Like you. I'm, I'm not loved. I'm not lovable. I'm not lovely. Uh, you are infinitely loved, right? Like we yeah. get to replace that wrong way of thinking, which is just not true, with with the positive truth of God's word. Well, it's very interesting too. Like I mean, if Paul's language is language of violence in mm. your mind, he says, yeah. take captive your mm. thoughts. And so if I were, Grant, if I were to say, you know, come with me and we go for a walk, I didn't take you captive. But if I say, hey, come with me and you say, no, I won't. And I'm going to grab you and pull you along with me. I've taken you captive. Mm, right. And it's functionally saying that there will be certain thoughts that you have in your heart and your mind that are going to rebel even against your own control. Mm. Like there's a part of us, you know, like the Bible even says that the spirit wars against our flesh wars against the spirit. There's a part of us that is always warring against the truth. That's good. And it requires us to actually take it captive, right? Philippians 4.8 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true. I love that. Mm. Like focus on what's true because there's a good majority of what flies through our minds on a daily basis yeah. that is just outright lies. Right. I mean, the Bible seems to indicate that that is the power of the devil. The powers of the devil revolve around the lie, the great lie. He lied to Eve. He lies to us. Mm. And that actually has an effect on us. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, 
whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. See, it's all focused on things that are going to build us up versus yeah. tear us down. Yeah. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, he says, and this is like a command, think about such things, which means that we're going to have to pull out certain things that, mm. we, that we think. We're going to have to challenge ourselves. And there is a kind of like humility in recognizing that I am not going to be right all the time. Mm. And so sometimes I just have to look at myself and go, man, those are some broken thoughts. I need to extract those. And sometimes it's going to require forcefulness. I'm going to have to work on that. I'm going to have to do it over and over and over again. Right. So that I can maybe retrain my brain, retrain the way that I think and the way that I feel so that I can retrain the way that I do. Yeah, Jesus, uh, speaking of truth, uh, in John 17, 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. I love that because it's saying that God's word, what he says about us and who he says we are and what we will be and what our future is and what the promises that we have in God, those are the things that sanctify us. Those are the things that sanctify means to make whole or to make Mm -hmm. holy. It literally transforms us from the inside to the outside. So it transforms our inward man and inward woman to where we are holy and more like Jesus. And so I'm reading this book right right now called No Quick Fix. Mm -hmm. It's a book on sanctification, and he's challenging the idea that in the Christian walk that you have this second blessing where all of a sudden you receive and everything just changes in your life. And it's like this insert in your life where all of a sudden your mind is just completely transformed or you become entirely sanctified. He said, no, 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 it's not a quick fix. That's right. And so that's so encouraging for us and for those who are listening because, man, it's hard work for us hard. to rewire the way we think. And it's going to take hard work with our community, with friends, with reading the Bible. Like it's So if you're sitting here and listening and going, man, this is me. You have work to do, but God is gracious and loving and will work with you as you move. I think the community can sometimes actually be the problem too, Mm. because right now, like we look at our world and it's exceptionally negative. Yeah. I mean, you turn on the news, you turn on uh, radio, talk radio, news. I mean, just anything that you look at that's kind of in public media, Twitter, I mean, even Facebook, they're just, sometimes they can be very, very negative. And so Romans 12, two says that we're, we're supposed to push against that, right? Mm. We're not to conform to the pattern of this world. If the entire world around us is completely negative, we have to be transformed. And then it says by the renewing of your mind, again, everything in the scriptures, as we think about input output stuff, everything in the scriptures leads us to focus on what we think, because how we think is the way that we're going to go. Because when you renew your mind, only then will you be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, of course, that's not three different wills. Right. That's one description of his perfect mm-hmm. you know, will. And so if we're going to be in the will of God, if we're going to love the things that God loves and do the things that God does, it's going to require us to actually challenge the way that we think on a regular basis. And sometimes people go, well, how do you do that? Yeah. It's exactly what Pastor Grant was saying earlier, and that is that you have to push back against the lies that we believe about ourselves and replace them with truth. It's like putting off this old self that's broken down, that believes a bunch of lies and putting on that new self. And how do we get that information? We get it from the scriptures. That's going to be your most reliable source. And, 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 you know, we live in technology age right now. You can jump on the internet and just Google you know, encouraging scriptures. Right, you know what sure. I mean? And, yeah. and it's or just jump a, on you version and there's yeah. a, there's probably a Bible plan relating exactly. to exactly how you That's feel. exactly yeah, right. Anxiety, stress, whatever it is. You know, and I, I think this is so like, this is just going to be so paradigm shifting for so many people. Cause I, I want, I want it to be very clear what we're saying. What we're saying is for you out there, because just because 
you keep thinking this negative thought about yourself, just because you keep having this this negative idea about yourself, it doesn't make it valid. It doesn't no. make it true. Right. Just because the lie is said over and over again, that doesn't mean that's who you are. That's right. And so that's gonna that's gonna take a toll on you, and you're gonna feel beat up. And that's why I love what Pastor Clint said. He goes, "There's some work to do ahead of you." Yeah. yeah. But Jesus is gracious, and yeah. He'll help you. And so, like, doubt those like. Doubt your doubts of yourself, right? Like, doubt your doubts. Like, doubt those thoughts and turn to God's Word. And I'll tell you uh, another thing, too, that I think is so unbelievably helpful is is you talked about being around—sometimes we're around the wrong people, right? Right. We're having the wrong Mm -hmm. influences, but being around the right people. You know, in in Hebrews chapter 10, it says in verse 24, "...let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together." as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Like, we are called to stir one another up. And uh, we were actually talking about this at My Grace Community the other night, and uh, a friend of mine was talking about how every time he thinks about his family, he always has these these goals that come to mind. Like, he, he thinks, oh, I want to take my family to Hawaii. Oh, I want to do this for my kids, right? And he says he starts scheming. How can I get more for my family? How can I I'll work a little bit more? We'll sell this, like whatever it is. But he said that the kid's great-grandfather spends every afternoon with them. He watches them from school until the parents get home. And he said he's a great man of God. And he said he's so content with what he has. And he goes, when I'm around that guy, it changes the way I think. Like when I'm around that guy and I see how much he loves Jesus and how content he is to just sit there and be with my kids, not do more for them, not give more to them, but just be there with them and just love them so genuinely. He goes, the schemes fade away. Mm. All of a sudden, I don't want them anymore. And all of a sudden, my feelings change. I don't feel the pressure to get these things anymore. And then my behavior changes where I'm not making decisions for that anymore. Instead... Like, my priorities completely shift. And he goes, one of the things I have to do, like, to be a good father to my kids and to be a godly man is I have to spend time around this guy. He goes, I've got to prioritize time around this guy because his influence is that important. And and what is that? That dude is doing what Hebrews says. That dude is stirring him up towards love and good works. And so sometimes, like, one of the ways to break the way we think about ourselves and the, to break some of this negative thinking is to be around people, uh, the people of faith, where you get to see God at work in them and allow them to speak truth mm-hmm. into your life, right? right. Yep. I, had a, I had a friend of mine one time, too, um, who, uh, single guy in his 30s, never been married, anything like that, and he came to church one day, uh, actually came, visited Grace Winter Garden. Someone hugged him in the lobby, which is like, just something we do, yeah. all right? We love you. <laughs> Welcome right. to Grace, right? And he told me later, he said, you know, um, I just realized I haven't been hugged in months. And he goes, hmm. that was that meant so yeah. much to me. And I tell you that to illustrate the point of, like, we have so much to offer each other. Mm. Like, the Lord has put us together to do so much for one another, to give so much to each other. And, like, how not that wonderful to think that there are brothers and sisters of ours right now who God wants to use us to break through the lies of the enemy in their life 
and to tell them the mm-hmm. truth about themselves, like right. that gets me fired up. Like yeah. I, I want to go look somebody in the eye right now and be like, "You are, you are uh, created in the image of God. Like you are beautiful. You have unbelievable gifts. Like the Holy Spirit indwells in you. There's mm-hmm. an immutable dignity about you. Like, like we need you. Like that gets me fired up, right? Like, and and that's what we're called to do. And so I I I think all the more we have to lean into community of one another and be honest about the way we think with one another so that God can use us to break through some of these lies we might believe. What a great challenge. I mean, just thinking about other people, maybe you're listening and you're going, you know, I do have good thoughts. Like I do think biblically and I I do like, I, I feel like I'm a pretty encouraged person. Maybe you need to be that person to someone else. Maybe you need to listen to what other people are saying and how they're thinking about their current situation or whatever it is and say, no, 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 no. You, you, that's not true about you. Like, let me right. tell you what the Bible says about you. Let me tell you what God says about you. Let me tell you how wonderful you are as a dad or how wonderful you are as a little kid. Like, just being that person of encouragement where you're actually stirring them on to love and good deeds. So, yeah, it goes both ways. It's for sure. Yeah, and the mechanism behind that, why does your friend change when he's around the grandfather? He changes because it's being modeled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In other words, he's watching the way he thinks, and he sees how different it is than the yeah. way he thinks. And so as a result of that, we begin to change. And so certainly community has a huge piece of that. But we really have to spend a lot of time trying to figure out what are the patterns and what are the thoughts that are running through our hearts and minds, the regular things we say to ourselves that are lies. And as we begin to do that, we can then challenge them. And one of the ways that we challenge them is we look at ourselves and we say, all right, is this true? I mean, you actually ask yourself the question, right? right? Is this thing that I believe about myself true? Is it a lie, right? Because if it's a lie, then you're ultimately going to produce terrible things in your life, right? Because the Father's desire for us is not just that we think correctly, right? But that we think in a godly manner, that we're changed, that we're different, that we grow, that we're more like Him at the end of the day. And so if we're not inputting Scripture, and if we're not inputting those kinds of things, and we're not saying at all right now that right. the best way for you to be whole is just memorize a bunch of Bible verses, right? <laughs> right. Um, because right. I think that's an oversimplification. Sure. And one of the other oversimplifications when we talk about this is the idea of positive thinking. Yes. Because oh, I'm not definitely. a giant fan of positive thinking. No. Because most positive thinking is actually fairly negative thinking. And what I mean by that is when we say positive things about ourselves, but we don't actually believe it, it's telling ourselves a lie. Mm. Right. It also could could not be based in truth. Yeah. And that's 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 it could the just whole be a point, platitude. Right. Yeah, yeah. It can be a platitude and therefore it's really not going to change us. Po- we're, we're talking about truthful thinking versus positive thinking. Mm. And truthful thinking is telling ourselves what reality is according to God, not what reality is according to myself. So sometimes it is challenging myself and saying, hey, I don't feel good about myself in X, Y, Z way. But at the end of the day, God's desire for me is to feel loved, is to feel filled with hope and joy. And as a result of that, that's what I'm going to focus on. That's what the Bible means when it thinks about, when it says, think about things that are pure and lovely, good, noble. Our minds are so filled with such harshness towards ourselves and other people that we just build on all the wrong pathways in our brain. So we just become accustomed to doing it. Now it's reflexive. We're just automatically negative. So this is a fascinating to me. Like I, I heard you talk about this and give some examples of positive thinking that's actually negative and unhelpful as opposed to believing truth. Sure. Yeah, sure. I got one that just literally happened was dealing with uh, like a medical issue, right? And I I totally thought you were about to call me out. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's for the bonus episode. Uh, Support us on Patreon. I'm just kidding. No, um, that's a podcast thing. I'll explain it later. Uh, 
But no, I was going through a medical thing. I had someone trying to uh, say something nice to me, like make me feel better. And they were like, hey, it, it's all going to be okay. And I was like, maybe it won't, though. Mm. And they were like, no, you can't think like that. And I was like, but what you just said isn't true. It's not based in anything. Mm. Like, maybe it won't be okay. And I said, but what is true is that God will work all things together for my good. It might be a painful road, right. but it'll be a good road. Like, mm. it, it's for my good. Yeah. And so that was, you know, that was an example where I, yeah. I could just sit around and go, well, it is all going to be okay. Well, what happens when it's not? Yeah. Like, yeah. what do I do then? Right. Like, where's my faith then? It's a well, that's the, that's yeah. the difference between a platitude and right. good counsel. You know, I mean, not only are we supposed to counsel other people, but we're supposed to counsel ourselves. Mm, it's kind right. of this self-talk stuff that goes on inside of us, right? And so, but if we're but if we're thinking about it in terms of platitudes, you know, all things work together for the good of those who are called. Now, that's true. Yeah. But at the end of the day, no one who just found out they have cancer wants to hear right. that, right? Right. And it's not just that they can't hear the truth in the moment, but that's not the whole truth. That's not the whole truth, mm-hmm. right? What we can say is, hey, this is going to be really difficult for you. I'm going to walk with you. I don't have all the solutions right now. You're not alone. I'm for you. And here's what I do know. God ultimately is going to make good out of this. You're going to go through difficult times. Yeah. And so I think there's some there's a real sense when we're when we just do positive thinking for people that they know in their hearts that that's not true. Right. You know, when you just go up to someone and you say, hey, you're this kind of person and they're not at all in their minds, they're thinking to themselves, I am not. (laughs) And so this thing that you intended to be positive actually ends up being super negative because in their head, they're doing self-talk. This one, you know, you could walk up to somebody who is not an athlete at all and say, hey, you are an athlete. And they're like, no, I'm not, you know, (laughs) totally uncoordinated. And then they go through all the reasons why they're not. Right. Whereas I think what we're doing in the scriptures is teaching them. And it is, a, it is a matter of teaching. I mean, the scriptures tell us in Ephesians 4, uh, it says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, mm. right? To put off your old self, which is being mm. corrupted by yep. its deceitful desires. So there is a teaching element to how we think about ourselves and how we think about others, right? Because there are these deceitful desires. Right. I mean, they're actually lying to us. So sometimes the voice in our head is not a godly voice. It's not trustworthy. It's not right, trustworthy right. because it's right. deceitful, right? And it's to be made new. We are to be made new in the attitude of our minds. Like, just, I mean, think about that. Did you hear what I said? Like, we're to be new. Like, it's going, we're going to learn, we're going to grow, and this attitude change is going to make us new, like completely different people, mm. right? Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And then it says this. It says, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. Mm. But how much more should we also speak truthfully to ourselves? You know, it's hard to speak truthful to your neighbor if all you're doing all the time is telling yourself lies. Mm. Yeah. Paul David Tripp in his book, Dangerous Calling, he says, he brings out the idea. He goes, who speaks to you the most in your life? And then he says a couple more things and he goes, it's you. You're the person that speaks to you the most. And he said, and it's coming from Jerry Bridges. I, I don't know that he founded this, but he mm-hmm. said, you need to preach the gospel to yourself every day. Every day. And so like something that I've set up in my own life is having a gospel framework. So I kind of try to evaluate everything through creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. So God created everything and it was good. He intended everyone to be good and everything was perfect and good. And then sin entered the world when Adam and Eve sinned against God and it broke everything. And it broke the way we think, the way we act, what what's taking place, the earth, everything's broken. But that he didn't leave us there, that he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to die for our sins, to make those things right, to bridge the gap from us to God, mm-hmm. and to give us hope again, and to reformat our thinking and our life and everything. 
And that not only that, that one day Jesus is going to come back and restore all things. And so whatever I'm going through in my life, if I'm going through something tragic, I can go, okay, I still have hope because God is going to come and ultimately restore. But not only that, he's working in my life now. And so we can, uh, that's just a framework for me as I think through different things. No, I think that's great. I was talking to a pastor, uh, one of our pastors earlier, and uh, even the way that we speak about the gospel to people who are far from God. I think this has implications for that as well, yeah. because usually we start with the bad news and then we go to the good news. The yep. bad news is you're a sinner. Everything's falling apart in your life. You're wrecked and there's hope in Jesus. Right. And that's completely true, but that's actually not where the Bible starts. Right. The Bible starts with you are created beautiful. So right. there's, it's almost right. like good news, bad news, good news kind of thought process, yeah, it's right? A sandwich. Like, yeah. yeah, it is. And so, you know, God creates everything wonderful and beautiful. And, and, and so therefore everything distorted, everything twisted, everything wrong in us, first had its root in how God created us mm. in like goodness. Yeah. And so we can look at our heart and we can go, man, when I, when I feel terrible about myself, it's because I've lost hold of who God originally created me to be. Right. And so my job is to say, here's how God created me. It's good. It's beautiful. He loves me. I'm filled with value. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. Um, I'm going to walk with him forever. And then I have good that's waiting for me forever in heaven. Right. So there's good stuff, but right now it's broken. And mm-hmm. I think we all live in the brokenness of that. Yeah. Right. And that's why we have to tell ourselves the truth. That's why lies run through our hearts mm-hmm. and minds. And yet at the other side of it, so it's good news, bad news, and then it's good news because eventually Jesus will restore us perfectly. We're not going to live in this state forever. Right. This is the old things, the former things that are passing away. That's the age in which we live in right now. But one day we'll see Jesus face to face and he'll take all of this brokenness that we accumulated in this life and he will do away with it once and for all. And I think only then are we able to finally experience the joy that God has for us. All right, guys. Well, this is uh, the end of our session right now. Yep. And uh, it's been great. We hope it's been helpful for you. We are praying for you. We believe good things for you. And we know that you need to preach the gospel to yourself just as we do. Yep. This is Pastor Mike. Yeah, this is Pastor Clint. And Pastor Grant. Everybody think better. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope to see you this weekend at a Grace Campus near you. Get all the details and more resources at discovergrace.com. 